What's going on, everybody? Uh, it's a voice that apparently I'm not on the show no more because I missed one week and um, Will has taken <laughs> over. But Will has allowed me to come back for one special week since uh, allegedly that's what's happening. But this is our <laughs> last show of 2019 here at the Big Gold Belt Podcast. Now, if I'm not mistaken, I think our first show was uh, our first episode of this year was uh was 210 and i think we're all the way down to what what number are we on i think we're on like 256 hold on let me check this real quick we are on oh 249 so we we cranked out a lot of episodes this year um including other special episodes our patreon exclusive episodes and interviews and all that so first off before we get the show started thank everybody so much for uh their continued support here um at the big old belt in 2019 um it's definitely been a very very interesting year uh we had tons of fun tons of great opportunity tons of great memories and uh we're still here but uh, uh again thank you so much everybody for all the support with that um but hopefully everyone's having a great holiday uh week hopefully staying off the road or staying safe or around family whatever it may be wherever your destination is going to be um but with that being said that's why we're going to put out this episode a little bit earlier than we used to because we all have our obligations but we wanted to make sure we sound off one last time for the 2019 before we go into 2020 but before we get the night started we might as well introduce the owner of the big gold belt now <laughs> I don't know how that happened. I was very Order, clear huh? in the last episode that you were uh, in Hawaii, <laughs> like dodging volcanoes and lounging <laughs> on the beach. It's not like you were uh, forgotten about on the last go around. But if apparently I've taken over, then apparently I've taken over. How's it going, everybody? I'm ready for the holidays and ready for a new year to be upon us soon. And, and of course, my guy, Giant Crab Jamal, what's up, my man? Uh, not so much. Um, NWA came on tonight, which is very weird for a Monday, but I'm not mad at it. Oh, really? Yeah. Huh. Oh. They didn't want to drop the episode on Christmas Eve. <laughs> and, 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 and next, I want to introduce my man, Damien Salty G. First, first off, I want to say thank you so much for uh, your contributions and and uh, actually wrapping back up into the podcast where you were a voice that I think a lot of people miss. And I know you had your own challenges and struggles this year, but mm-hmm. um, thank thank you so much for, you know, taking a chance here with us and uh, creating some magic. So uh, we truly appreciate that. But uh, other than that, how are you doing today? Well, humbug, everybody. Nice to, nice to talk to you as always. Uh, I am now Damien Gringy G until about next Saturday because... I am. In, I have been told by numerous people I need to get in the Christmas spirit, but unfortunately, that has not been a part of my gimmick for the past thirty-five years. So, <laughs> uh, so I will continue to be a non-green version of the Grinch. So that's that's how my holiday shapes up. 
Oh man, well everyone's got so much advice out here. <laughs> so true. We do invite anybody who has a voice who wants to say some of this stuff and record it live to definitely give us a shout out instead of just sliding in the DMs with these egregious comments and then just disappearing. But I digress. But um, man, 2019, and I, you know, I went back to reflect on our first episode this year. And um, it's it's been it's definitely been a f- super interesting year as we knew it was going to be, and um, you know I, I want to go over one of the topics that we went over uh, on our first episode of this year, and that topic I think that we really really <laughs> are going to have a quick little time where we won't make this too long. It's got a ton to cover. Is what will Impact Wrestling and Ring of Honor have to do to thrive in 2019? <laughs> oh, Lord, oh, Lord. <laughs> well can, can you can you even imagine can you even imagine that it has not even been a full year since ring of honor had a sold out show in madison square garden it feels like that was another lifetime ago <laughs> Yo, man. Okay, guys, let's get going. Let's get in there really quick. Well, first of all, first of all, I'll say this. I'll start off with Impact for sure. So Impact has always kind of just been around and staying afloat, trying new things. Really not scared to take chances. They've they've done, um, you know, they they went down like the exclusive contract route a little bit. They did the kind of the little indie appearance thing where we saw special people uh, pop up every once in a while. They changed bases. Um, and then ultimately moving from uh, destination tomorrow. What was whatever American destination? I don't even know what destination. Destination was America. Okay, destination America. Um, to ultimately getting in conjunction with Access TV, uh, where you could see Wow and um, New Japan. So from the beginning of 2019, where we kind of didn't know what was going to happen with them because they had their own blunders and a lot of other random stuff that was happening with uh, with Hootie. I think that 2019, that uh, Impact, I, I, they definitely took a couple of steps forward in their longevity into the world of professional wrestling. And um, they did what they needed to do. They had to stay relevant. Um, they had to lure in some, some other top talent. And, uh, and, and TV deals was obviously a big thing. And them being able to be now in a competitive night of, of, uh, of Tuesday... We're, we're not even competitive, a competitive week with a good night on a Tuesday that uh, they're still here to stay and they're, and they're still very, very relevant. And the biggest thing I think that they're, that they're doing is that um, their two top talent is Tessa Blanchard and Sammy Callahan, which is in a promotion that is on full board with intergender wrestling. We have two of the best in the world competing for the, their, their neutral title. And it's just different because the other companies aren't doing it. And they're not doing it on this scale. So, um, you know, for 2019, I think, uh, like I said, Impact definitely took two steps forward for sure than their initial position in the beginning of this year. I can agree with that. They finally got their feet under them and got some stable ground is what they managed to do this year. The sale to Access and getting a new home there on TV now where we know, okay, they're going to be on Access. They're not trying to, like, every nine months get on a different channel or end up on some hunting channel that nobody has (laughs) or or only streaming on Twitch or all this stuff. It's like they finally have stable ground under them. Mm -hmm. And I think they finally, like you just mentioned, with the intergender moves they've been making, they have come up with an identity 
of something different that they can hang their hat on as far as like on a bigger stage. Since that's intergender is still mostly a thing you see on the indies. I think they got an idea, they have a direction and they finally have some resources behind them to hopefully do something. So hopefully in 2020, they continue on this trajectory. If anything, it's the best I've felt about impacts possible future indefinitely the last several years the last several years they've definitely been in a mess of a tailspin and this is probably the first time i don't think i feel that way so hopefully good things for impact in 2020 mm-hmm. i think in general impact is doing something that we didn't think would happen uh they not only su- they set a framework uh for their promotion uh on, on a television standpoint uh, online presence, you know, they have a solid roster. They've trimmed some of the fat. They've got rid of some of the dead weight. And we don't have any scandal really coming out of Impact where it was Dixie Carter or Jeff Jarrett or whatever Hootie was doing. And now it's Billy Corgan and his him trying to work with Impact and that didn't happen. And it was full of scandal and turmoil and the locker room was trash. And now they have some of the best, uh, you know, they have some of the best talent in, in, in the world right now in Impact. And there's a, a case that Tessa Blanchard is the, is the best women's wrestler in the world right now. There's a case to be made that Jordan Grace is not that far behind her. There's a case to be made that Sammy Callahan is finally is, is working and firing on all cylinders. Um, and as much as I hate to admit it, but Moose has actually come a long way. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so like good on them. And they have made Tuesday. Arguably, Tuesday is probably the most important night of wrestling uh, during the week. It's four solid hours of wrestling between NWA, uh, AW Dark, and two hours of Impact. Not every show is where it needs to be because of their um, you know, schedule and their you know, taping schedule and stuff. But they are leaps and bounds away from where they were just a year ago, where we were wondering, well... Will Impact survive? And why can't ROH Sinclair just buy Impact and absorb <laughs> them into ROH? Now it's like, well, why can't we have Jonathan Gresham and Impact and just absorb <laughs> ROH? How the tables have turned, and it's the damnedest thing. Wrestling is as funny as it is weird. Let's get some thoughts on on, on Ring of Honor. Oh, they still exist. <laughs> They're there <laughs> somehow. Some way. Right. Lord. <laughs> Let me jump in really quick about, about the first topic regarding Impact. They have gotten me to actually attend a pay-per-view this year. And they'll get me to attend the second pay-per-view in Dallas this year. Yeah. I have not... It came to you, though. What was that? It came to you. Well, no. Like, I have the choice still of buying a ticket. <laughs> see what I'm saying? Like, WWE comes to me. I don't go see it. But because I... I follow the indies for so long because I know, you know, we know Tessa, we know Jordan Grace, uh, LAX was a part of this. The Lucha brothers were a part of this before AEW that gave the rise, especially to someone like me who was staunchly watching indies in the Northeast. And then, you know, toward, toward the Dallas area to give the Josh Alexander's of the world, you know, this, this, this platform in order to apply your trade where, you know, we, we make jokes about some of the some of the promos, but they get to apply their trade in a, in a way that is traditional to them. They still can work their indie dates or select few indie dates. And like you said, Jabal, 
the the fat is now being trimmed to the point where from top to bottom, it's a pretty damn good show. There's not a lot of, I don't really want to see that person. Like for instance, I didn't think the rascals gimmick would take off and somehow, some way it stuck. I I was a little kind of weird about them bringing in Elgin. For some reason it stuck. So they're obviously doing something right along the lines of getting publicity and doing intergender wrestling potentially better than any promotion that's ever done it or going to do it. And this for me, because we talked off air about intergender wrestling, that's important because it is a different style. We always say, oh, there's something for everybody out there. There's strong style. There's technical catch, catch can brawling. Well, now we have intergender wrestling. Holy shoot. Did we really think three, four years ago we'd have this? And of all the places to have it, it's not WWE. It's not, it wasn't ROH, even though they could have done it. It's impact. Yikes. Mm-hmm. Like, so mm-hmm. they deserve a lot of credit just from, from that. And as far as Ring of Honor is concerned, yeah, let's save Jonathan Gresham and a few other people and just close up shop because <laughs> I'm sorry. I, what did they do? What was it? Maria Manic signed twice and they finally <laughs> let her wrestle at one of their last shows. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I was in a, go ahead. Go, no, go ahead. I was in Baltimore over the weekend and I had the opportunity to watch Impact, not Impact, but uh, Ring of Honor at the ungodly hour of 10 p.m. on a Saturday. I know. <laughs> it's insane. But I was able to see a show which was taped in Baltimore, Baltimore County, at the uh, at the college, University of Maryland, and it is a flaw cry because honestly, Ring of Honor and Impact have the same setup. It you know this, with the same production value, the same uh, really look of their stage and area and stuff like that. It, it's very 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 similar, and that's unfortunate for Ring of Honor. But it's just really, really weird to see just kind of the same old thing. And it's like, well, the Briscoes are still there. Um, and then you have, you know, uh, Jay Lethal still there. Mm-hmm. And there's really no buzz around Ring of Honor at all. And it, like, there's little to do with, like, um, you know, their women's division and the flubbing of that. It has little to do with, like, their, their corporate structure. The women's division, you know, with, um, like. <laughs> Supposedly. Name, yeah. name, name three people. Mandy uh, Leon. Don't waste your no. time. Oh, Mandy okay. Leon. <laughs> yeah. How dare Continue. you? Continue. But it's just a far cry uh, from what it was. And, you know, good on the, the men and women that still continue to work it. But then when you see a guy like, you know, Shane Taylor on the show, knowing that we know what's going to happen to him, who has been, you know, released as of like last week officially. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just like, wh- what happened? You know, where, how did we get here? You don't really realize it's that bad till you actually see it. Mm-hmm. And it's like, they're in their biggest pay-per-view of the year. Final Battle is, is a big deal. And, if, and it was only, what, three years ago where it was Kevin Steen versus El Generico, God Rest His Soul, at Final Battle before uh, Generico disappeared and Steen went on to NXT. And they had a ladder match. And it was the craziest damn thing I've ever seen in New York. Absolutely bananas. And look at them now. Barely, you know, it's, it's, it's quite sad, honestly. Because Ring of Honor was 
one of the greats, and I really hope that uh, whatever they need to do to get it together, they do it now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. as we mentioned with as we mentioned with Impact earlier, I'm gonna keep this really quick as far as ROH goes. The biggest thing Impact got right this year other than getting their TV situation and their ownership worked out was they came up with a clear identity and a clear direction for what they're doing. ROH has no direction. It has no destination. It seems to be going towards, and it has so many of the same faces that have been there forever. Now that it's just, there's no, there's no, it needs a fresh identity. It needs a fresh direction. It needs a, just a total makeover going into 2020 to, to give it something for the future. Cause right now it just has, there's nothing about it that feels fresh. It's like not even treading water. I would say it's past the point of treading water. Now it's tired and it's starting to go under. It's starting to sink. And mm-hmm. <laughs> how you fix that without like making, you know, they're at the point now that drastic change has to happen. Something but, significant but do what, has to happen. Because... Well, well, well that's, that's, how, that's why I want to get at the question. Shortly and quickly, what does Impact Wrestling, what does Ring of Honor have to do to thrive in 2020? Really quick and short answers real quick. Got so much more to cover. It, Impact just needs to stay the course right now on what they're doing. I think they have, they have formed an identity and they have a solid setup right now. I want Impact to stay on the course they're on and not try to do anything crazy. ROH needs a complete makeover in every possible way. How you do it, I don't know. But what they're doing now is not clicking at all. Go ahead, fellas. Um, okay, yeah. So real, real quick, Impact. Uh, they need to solidify their roster. Uh, they, I think they let go of Killer Cross. He didn't resign yes. with Impact. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a major loss for them. Um, they, they need to... Get that straight away. Sign people, long-term deals, get it done. Because you can't run the risk of a Tessert, uh, a Tessa Blanchard leaving for AEW. You can't run the risk of Killer Cross actually leaving for wherever he's going to go. Um, so solidify the roster is job one for impact. For Rank of Honor, it's not that they need a massive makeover because makeover into what? Because everybody's doing exactly what they're doing, but better. MOW uh mm. on the lower end. Impact is right next to them, and then AEW and NXT are a step above them. But they're doing that same highly polished independent style show. So what could what could Ring of Honor bring to the table that they don't do? What they need to do is aggressively work with New Japan and America. And I don't I don't care if it turns into the Ring of Honor, you know, Tiger Hattori, uh, you know. New Japan Cup thing, whatever they whatever they need to do, that's the only thing that could be done that would bring them something new. And working with New Japan as they establish a footprint in America, they don't need Ring of Honor, but they could use them. Ring of Honor needs New Japan to bring a different set of eyes to the table. I I quickly jump in there and say that Ring of Honor needs to use social media to not just respond back to uh controversy within their uh promotion organization yeah organization they need to use social media in a way to make sure that what they're doing is being known and is easily accessible uh i think everybody like, can do that yeah yeah well for sure for, for certainly ring of honor because it's for like everything with ring of honor for me feels like a rumor everything even their their pay-per-views just feels like a rumor to me because it's just like why am i in 
the Baltimore area, and it's still hard for me to figure out what's going on. You know, it's kind of weird that uh, uh, an indie promotion in this area gets more press, pro- more press uh, coverage than Ring of Honor, who home base is here. It it shouldn't be that way. It shouldn't be hard, and it shouldn't be, and, and especially Ring of Honor being the promotion is getting people to be the, uh, to come to those shows. They just really need to. Again, revamp everything, but they need to make sure for sure that things should just be easily accessible. Shows should be shows should be um, you know more more the building excuse me the building towards the show should be a little bit more concise. And obviously, the biggest thing they need to, they need to figure out to do something with live TV. They need to get the hell out of uh, Baltimore County too. Good lord! <laughs> I mean, like honestly, I mean, like who's driving out there? If you live in the Baltimore City, if you live in D.C., going to UMBC is not a, the furthest place in the world, but there's nothing else to do outside of that show. Yeah, it's a nice, so, it's a nice campus. Don't let's not get it wrong. But yes, you're you're right. It's not a really yeah, marketable a area. Yeah, yeah, going to a gym on a college campus, and they so, and they not running shows when school is in. I'm not, I don't I don't assume right. I don't. Well, they don't run shows there every weekend, uh, but they they'll tape they because they'll tape a month worth of shows and then move on. Well, uh, I mean, have, I mean, even their pay per views. Why? Why not running when school? Why? Why not tap into that college base? You know, you're on the campus. You're on one of the biggest campuses in in the state of Maryland. Why? Why not tap into, the, you know, into that audience? But you know, yeah, well, that's a different problem. But either way, for the casual wrestling fans, and we know that they're there because their Baltimore Arena was nearish sold out for the tickets that were allotted. Um, for AEW's pay per view. Now, granted, it's not an apples to apples comparison, but the bottom line is, is that you got to go where the people are, and the people want not necessarily just a show, but a show and the ability to do something uh, before and afterwards. Uh, when Nova Pro was having shows, I know that I preferred to go to one place over another because I could have dinner and then go to a show and then you know do something afterwards versus going to the Jewish Community Center, which was nice, but in the middle of nowhere. Uh, yep. Good. I think what Impact has to do, and I think all the promotions could benefit from this, but specifically is build, continue to build new stars internally, uh, fresh stars internally. Like for, I've been saying it for a while now. Willie Mack is someone that I've had my eye on for a while. I know he had his run with NWA. That was someone for me that I, I thought would be a little higher up the card by now because he had some pretty good matches with Sam Callahan before on Impact. But continue to build organically from your roster the days of stop relying on rvds stop relying on dreamers you know they i know they made eddie edwards this pseudo ecw person but at least it gave him a character so keep working that way don't let it be to a point where we're just getting nothing but tessa versus sammy four thousand different ways that's that's what i would hope for them for for rumor of honor as you put it uh push your women Get a get a decent get a decent get a decent <laughs> women's roster together. I know they signed Martina. I know they signed Maria Manic. Have we seen Martina on TV yet? No. Uh, exactly. Nope. <laughs> Have we seen, seen Rick of Honor on TV yet? <laughs> <laughs> well, if you're, you know what, and the Honor Club might have to go too, honestly, because I, if the I, Honor Club's the only person watching it, that's a problem. <laughs> Yeah, it, it, who is who is spending one hundred and twenty dollars a year in one shot on Honor Club? Sadly, just, I know of at least five people that do. 
Shit. Well, that's five that's more it. than I know. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you know, we'll, we'll switch the subject real quick. It's 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 interesting because Ring of Honor is Ring of Honor. They have Future of Honor, which is obviously their feeder system, which is encompassing. They still do um, that. Yeah, yeah. Which, oh, which is encompassing MCW. I think at one time they were they had Team 3D Academy. I'm not even sure who else was in there. It was a couple of legs on there, but it was bringing in a fresh indie talent, giving them a, a place to train under the tutelage of you know people like Gresham. It's definitely a big draw if you like say I'm I'm trying to you know make it, but why not promote that more? I mean, look, if the obligation is that you got to fill this time with Sinclair at the wee hours of the night with Ring of Honor. Why aren't they doing anything with I don't know the camp the the uh, UMBC campus or their television uh, station to put on Future of Honor at any given time or even just reruns with it like and, and you talking about building stars that's the way how you, you should do it did eventually to the point that when they actually do become ever if they ever get on Ring of Honor television that you're already acclimated who these people are or even invested with who these people are but. I don't know. But anyway, let's move forward real quick. So also, in the beginning of this year, something very monumental monumental happened. And um, it happened during uh, the the first episode of Being the Elite, where uh, Cody, Bo- Cody Rose and the Bucks officially announced All Elite Wrestling. So all the trademark rumors and all the, you know, all the whispers and so forth happening. It finally did happen. Uh, all Elite was happening. And then... Um, and then ultimately, Double or Nothing was going to be the first pay-per-view uh, under that banner. So considering how the landscape changed with in 2000 and uh, in, in 2018 with, uh, you know, with uh, All In and, you know, their, and how that sold out all that. And then it all moved forward into all of the wrestling happening. And then all the wrestling officially became a thing in the beginning of this year. How would you guys sum up the change and the impact All Elite has made for the landscape of wrestling from beginning to end? And um, and then the sub question is too: um, Did All Elite Wrestling did they fulfill the promises that they made uh, in the beginning of this year to this point? So sum up All Elite Wrestling's impact on the industry <laughs> and their self impact. Okay, so uh, their impact on the industry, uh, it is a fact that the presence of AEW has forced WWE to bring NXT to the forefront. Mm -hmm. Period. It is imperative for WWE to siphon viewers away from AEW. So if you want to talk about how uh, WWE is currently winning the Wednesday Night Wars and how they're kicking ass and taking names in the ratings, they would not have had to do that. If uh, AEW wouldn't exist, so the, so true. if if anything, the presence of AEW has given us an extra hour of TN, of uh, NXT on pay cable. It has also given us basically, especially in the first like four weeks of of uh, NXT on on USA, uh, a takeover like appearance every single time, and the counter programming and the counter counter programming and such. Um, now, has AEW fulfilled their promise? Well, the jury's still out on that. In some ways, yes. In some ways, no. Uh, we still haven't seen a lot of people being featured in the way that they said that they were they were going to. Um, wins and losses actually do matter. So I think that that is a thing there. 
um, there's still some issues with continuity and and stuff like that. And and obviously they're not immune to criticism either. So I'm willing to give them a learning curve. And I think that honestly we can't really judge in uh, AEW on a historic level until they've you know celebrated their first year. I mean, I think if, if in ten weeks, eleven weeks, we can't judge it against a show with a twenty-five year history or a nineteen year history. I mean, that's just not that's not how that works. Yep, fair enough. No, that 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 that's that's fair. Um, thinking back over the year from 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 the announcement of AEW officially being a name of a new company in January to where we are now at the end of December, where we have, like you said, about 11 to 12 weeks of weekly TV. We had multiple pay-per-views. It's been a heck of a ride for them. They got off the ground. They got their company formed. They got a roster together. They launched with a lot of big promises. I mean, heck, let's go right back to that very first arm press conference. They came in, they got Jericho and from the, from the get-go, they were talking about changing the world. That was the tagline. We're going to change the world. They changed the world in the respect that they created a lot of jobs. They got a lot of people a bunch of raises, even if they didn't come there, because WWE opened up that wallet to keep people happy, and it got WWE to change their uh, mindset as far as like locking people into long-term deals. And then, like you just mentioned, Jamal, it got NXT on national TV. Hell, it got NXT, you know... A good $50 million TV deal and got them a whole nother hour of television and got them off the network. And that led to Survivor Series with NXT getting the big push. And it totally changed things in that respect. Whether it really changed wrestling, though, I think now that we're at the end of the year, it's like, eh, what's really that different about AEW from WWE? The shows, I think, have ended up being remarkably similar as far as like how they look. And if anything, I think that's starting to come to their detriment now. In the last few weeks, I think one of the big complaints I keep seeing about AEW is that it feels too much like just another show like WWE. It doesn't feel different enough. It doesn't feel like enough of an alternative. And there's a lot of ways you could say that, whether it's the production or just who they're featuring between Jericho and Cody and whoever. I mean, that, that's, that's open to interpretation. I think the biggest thing that's really smacking me in the face now at the end of the year is when you compare it to January, heck, even compare it to May when Double or Nothing happened, AEW does not feel like it has anywhere near the momentum right now that it did a good six months ago. The the, the novelty isn't there anymore. The enthusiasm isn't there anymore. And it's now that it's a weekly show, it feels completely different than it did previously. And how they're going to affect, how that's going to affect them in 2020, I'm not sure. But the biggest difference I'd say is the momentum is nowhere near where it was before. Now, how much of that is AEW's fault? And how much of that is every single wrestling pundit from Peter Uzbekistan picking apart every single microsecond of footage that AEW puts out? Well, look, I'll, I'll say this. The quick response to that, because it kind of was on par with a follow-up question I was going to have, is that um, everyone was ready to praise them before they had seen anything. And why AEW has made tremendous strides within this year, solidifying the TV deal, prime TV spot, breeding competition, um, job, uh, the whole market as far as financially, it just went out of the gym. 
since then. And hell, contracts in the world of professional wrestling comes off the t- out of everyone's tongue every few conversations. So, uh, you know, they've done that. But the fans, outlets and everything and so forth, um, Marks, shall I say, was glorifying them before they had done everything to the point that they were coming up with these really unrealistic expectations within the realm of running a business in one year that now that they haven't come to fruition, people are literally picking it down. So while there was a how a high bit of uh expectation momentum and 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 just uh I, I don't know, whatever you want to call it with with how how they were gonna run it, now that that hasn't been happening, people are just like, oh well whatever, I hate it now. You know, in the beginning of this year it was all about CM Punk going there and whoever else was a free agent at the time to the point that now they haven't done it. Uh, people doesn't like it. So, you know, you know, as a lot as a lot of the real ups and downs, I ain't gonna say a lot of reals up and down. A lot of the talked about ups and downs, but amongst people are just things that just wasn't realistic in the first place. Um, I've said it since the first time I said, they have got to do the work uh, before you could crown them. Number two, like a lot of people were doing it. So, um, you know, it, it, the 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 fans. I mean, we were we're really a big part of the business, um, as as far as being a consumer. But AEW just has to just again just continue to just do the work and and and, and stay in their lane. And and if they can do that and strive with that, uh, they'll be okay. Instead of caning to what each one of their marks want. I think um, you you hit the nail on the head. Actually, if we're talking about a success that AEW did. It was building a fan base without even having a real product. It was <laughs> yeah. having it was yeah. having a demand before there really was a supply. Yeah. So even now, when we talk eleven or twelve weeks later, we still have the AEW sycophants that are acting as if this is still the greatest thing since sliced bread. And to be honest, I know hindsight's twenty twenty, but this is exactly what I figured AEW would be. I figured they would be on people's tongues every week. We have people like Meltzer and we have people like Alvarez covering them every week, giving ratings updates. No one did that for Impact. No one did that for for ROH. Mm-hmm. So we're doing that for a, pro, a, a promotion that's only been around, that is top-heavy, for 11, 12 weeks. Right then and there, that tells me they did something right. They used good marketing because the Bucks have always been great marketers. Mm-hmm. They used building up that New Japan old school ROH fan base or that that anti-culture that ECW was good for to say, we're going to give you an alternative to WWE run by a former WWE talent amongst others. The fact that they signed Kenny Omega away from, from the clutches of any other promotion after he left New Japan, they succeeded in building a brand that took six or seven individual pieces and kind of made them like the Bionic Seven and formed them to be Voltron against this. <laughs> like that—that's how I look at it. You—you you took Hangman Page, you took the Bucks, you took Kenny, you took Cody, and you made this weird wrestling conglomerate of organization, which now has Jericho and and international Joshi stars coming in, and and you're getting this influx of of independent talent that might be known to some people and not be might not be known to others. They succeeded where a lot of other promotions would have failed in their, in their, in their kind of Valley. But I know a lot of people will say, Oh, it's because of the money. Well, obviously the money got you in the door, but if you don't have people that know what the hell they're doing, you're going to get canceled like a bad sitcom. 
after mm-hmm. one or two episodes. Mm-hmm. So don't get me wrong. AEW is not where, where most people thought they would be, but they are exactly where I thought they would be. Mm-hmm. They, they have made Ty Dillinger, Sean Spears even re- relevant. <laughs> when was the last time Sean Spears was relevant? Beside his marriage to Peyton Royce. <laughs> Nobody. Oh they got God. Tully Blanchard out of mothballs to be an actual person on their television show. They got drunk old man Jericho with his dad bod as their main champion. And we're still talking about them. Mm-hmm. Jake Hager hasn't said one word on air. And we're still talking about this bootleg faction that they have. Because AEW is indeed an alternative of sorts to WWE. They succeeded at that. Now, long term, they need to do something real quick about their mid card. Or else no one is going to care outside of the main event. It's going to be a lot like Nitro where you had the cruiserweights. And then you had the main event. And that was it. That's my biggest concern going forward with AEW. And I think I, give, I would give them about maybe a year and a half to see where they're really at for me to make a real judgment of, okay, this business model might need a change. But they want to be careful about their mid-card because if the Dark Order is all they got, that's not enough. (laughs) Let me ask you guys a few other really quick questions too. Um, Since we cover three promotions right now, in 2019, how would you, in this pick one of any promotion, Pick a promotion and give them a grade about overall uh, their performance. It could be a good grade or bad grade, but just any promotion and and, and try everyone to use a, a pick a different promotion. But like, let's give an overall assessment of a promotion uh, this year. AEW gets a B. Any and thoughts or any any other reasons or pretty much of the reasons you just said? Basically, the reasons I just said. Okay. Okay. All right. Go ahead, y'all. Um, I'm going to say New Japan uh, gets a C minus, and that's largely because I don't live in Japan, and that's, and they obviously want to make a uh, it's inroads into America. That's taken a lot longer than I thought it would, but from what I do get a chance to see, when I get a chance to see it, it's been very good. It's just that that hasn't been translated to American audiences yet, and until they do that, uh, it doesn't really matter for me. I'm going to say this before I even start. I can't think of any promotion off the top of my head this year that should get an A. Because I can't think of a single promotion that's clicking on all cylinders and delivering in every possible way and just completely on fire. Everyone right now has somewhere where they're struggling in some area. Uh, I'm not going to do WWE, but I'm going to take NXT because I think NXT finished the year in a better place than it started. And I, I'd give NXT a B and just that the way they finished up the year with the ascension of Rhea Ripley as just the hottest commodity in that women's division and heck may possibly even the hottest commodity is like in all of WWE really probably on the rise right now. I mean, she is poised for 2020 to just be an insane breakout year for her. And it really just happened between probably November and now. Maybe October, you throw that in too. But I mean, that she is the big, the biggest beneficiary of the crossover that happened with the Survivor Series run. So 
I would give NXT a solid B. I think they are really poised to have a good, good shot going ahead. But I can't think of Is there anyone that you would give an A to? I can't think of a promotion that would get an A off the top NWA. of my head. I will say NWA. And the reason why I'm going to say NWA because they never tried to be anything they wasn't. First of all, the work that Nick Aldis was doing as far as taking the 10 pounds of gold through every indie promotion um, let, and, and this is it's a, it's a generational thing because there's going to be people who recognize that belt but also if you didn't you may recognize Magnus but the combination of Magnus being at your promotion and that belt and then them being able to tell a story about it and bring the prestige into it and the person who has the look of a champion and to take it all, all around is something that no one were really, was really talking about but it was happening while this was happening as well the storyline that made all rage even interesting at a point, but goddamn, did they mess up the, the booking of it so bad that one uh, obviously somebody had to abandon the ship, and it happened to be Nick Aldis with the championship, and there went Cody and everything else after that. But in the meantime, after that, they continue to do their uh, YouTube series, uh, so hitting another platform on the 10 pounds ago, which has been. Uh, out like really tremendous uh production right on par with how being elite used to be like really really good um and again each each time this episode would air it's bringing telling you about the the lineage of this belt and the past champions and the storyline that's been happening and 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 keeping it right on par is just being a really professional uh production to the point now that nwa power debuts debuts in a way that at a point we could say well damn don't we got too much wrestling to a point that they said well just hold my beer because we're going to do something that no one's doing and they're right they went back and paid homage to everything that nick al just represented as a champion everything that the 10 pounds of gold series uh, uh talked about to putting out a production that is bringing wrestling fans from all generations putting eyes on them and uh putting out some of the best wrestling period and then bringing in Marty Scroll, whatever the ramifications of his contract may be, to still bring that guy in, it's also bringing in a whole nother fan base. I think in a body of work of 2019 from a promotion that no one will really talk about, that wasn't getting negative, uh, wasn't getting any type of negative publicity, but this did what they had to do to a point that now they're off the, the tip of your tongue and each and every week. I, I, I think it's easily an A. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know how else you can you can grade that. They've done, they 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 haven't missed on any uh, uh um they haven't missed on any cylinders. And goddamn, I can't tell you how many people were saying like, man, I gotta get down to Atlanta to be able to catch one of these live. I mean, they haven't even went anywhere. People are are willing to go see them live. So uh, they're doing it for me. And even and even still, their women's division right now too is up on par within you know the top three of. NXT impacting them. I, I think they're right up there to compete. So um, I, I definitely got to give it to NWA for A and a brilliant 2019. Can we um, all agree that that rumor of honor gets a D minus at best? <laughs> at best. Easily. <laughs> even get, I mean, a D minus sounds kind of generous even for them. <laughs> Probably, I would, I, I, well, I guess, you know, a D minus because, I mean, they did have that Madison Square Garden show. Regardless of how it happened, right. <laughs> regardless of their presence on it, it did happen. So, D minus for that. I, I'll, I'll say this really quick, guys. Uh, we have not talked about SmackDown Live and what they were able to do with the Fox deal. And, um, you know, 
it it really was monumental as we all said well we spent a lot of episodes talking about mm-hmm. the fox deal mm-hmm. um and fox insertion back into the world of professional wrestling can't get i i, I don't even know how we grade it be, but what they've done has definitely been um really spectacular and beneficial on on uh on many accounts but look, let me let's move on to another thing because we're about 15 minutes to our hour mark in 2019 what would you guys say was the one of the best moments for you all, whether it be a match, signing, or event, whatever it may be? What was really one of you guys' uh, highlights of this year? Mm-hmm. Highlight this year? Um, I, for me, a highlight of this year was probably attending the first ever uh, episode of Dynamite. Okay. Um, no matter Definitely. what AEW is or whatever they will become, at that moment in time, in October... It was probably the most important date of single day of wrestling in of the year. And I would still argue that it's still the single most important day of wrestling because you had the first episode of Dynamite going up against NXT Live. And for what selfishly, you know, we were there. So, yeah, I think that's 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 a huge deal. And that's one that will stand out. And and obviously to see what they've what they've done with since then. whether they've arguably lost steam or maybe the honeymoon period is over or whatever the case may be. So that moment in in time, that was special. Mm -hmm. I'm going to say Kofi winning the title of mania. Okay. That's a good one. The fact that WWE actually pulled the trigger on it, you know, even during the match, I kept thinking they're not going to do it. They're going to pull some shenanigans. They ain't going to do it. And then when they did it, the whole place, erupted i was at legend sports bar and and the whole place erupted when that happened and you know we've seen the videos of MV, mvp crying while watching it you know and, and i can say you know as as i am just crying watching it too i i was in tears because i was happy i was happy not just because kofi you know kofi's a black man but a person who dedicated almost 20 years of their you know almost 10, 11 years of their, of their life and career finally got a shot over the, over the span of what a three month window. That's impressive to me. And I honestly, and, and what have you about his, his title reign in general post reign where he lost in eight seconds. I've talked about that ad nauseum, but I will say that moment, the fact that WWE for all the shit we give them about, People may give them about being potentially racist or bad business practices. They did something that was bigger than them. And the fact that they did it, I was glad to even just be remotely in the same state that that happened. Can I just, can I just <laughs> piggyback off that just a little bit um, for all the same sentiments of what you just said? Uh, what happened at Crown Jewel with uh, Natalia and Lacey Evans right up there with yep. it. Um, for everything that's been happening in the Middle East with WWE um, for both the shows this year, uh, from the garbage fire of a match with Goldberg and Undertaker that uh, we never, ever, ever need to have her happen again. And for all the travel issues that they had, the one really, really, really bright thing that they were able to do is um, 
you know, the tie versus Lacey Evans. It wasn't even a thing that they made it like super big that it was going to happen. But when it happened, it happened. It was special and everyone knew it was special. And it was so special that whatever happened after that didn't even matter because it was just all about that moment for every single reason about Kofi winning, uh, for you saying about Kofi winning, that match right there is right up there for me. You go ahead, Will. Yeah, I'm going to jump in on that too because Kofi almost slipped my mind and that was done so perfectly and so well. And going, going back to WrestleMania and thinking about that show again, it's like they nailed that show, I remember going into it, one of the big things people were talking about that week and where people were doubting if Kofi was going to win, one of the big things people kept throwing out there was like, well, they can't have all the baby faces like win all the big matches. There's no way they're going to do that. They're not, they're not going to you know, have that all those happy endings and all this. And that's exactly what they did. At the time, Seth beat Brock, Kofi beat Brian, and Becky beat Charlotte and um, Ronda. Ronda. All the baby mm-hmm. faces went over. All the hot properties at the time that they had been building up, they all went over that night. Now, that's how way stuff went after it. You know, hey, that's a whole different story. But on that night, they put everyone over that they had been building towards. And, you know, they they had started the year. Heck, let's go, let's go back to the beginning of the year. They had that damn promo with, with the McMahons out there with the, we're going to give you what you want, you know? And people <laughs> laugh at that. But <laughs> damn it, that mania, everyone they had been pushing that was fan favorites at the time, they gave them all their moment in the sun that night. Every single one of them. And they're in the top matches that night. They did it. Um, along those lines, probably this is really in my head just because it just happened. But... Damn, they did the exact same thing with Rhea Ripley. They nailed her title win so perfectly as far as timing goes with coming off that Survivor Series momentum and stretching it out one month. And then they had the perfect challenger where Shayna had been protected all year. So you had the unstoppable force versus the immovable object where both of them were as strong as could possibly be. And you had them go in there and just tear the house down. And then they put Rhea over, you know, clean as a whistle. That couldn't have been done better. And the timing of it couldn't have been better. So that, that, that I think part of that stands out to me just because it just happened. But damn, if that wasn't my favorite damn thing is WWE did all year. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then officially my was going to be um, a little conjunction of a lot of stuff. I got to kind of tailor to AEW again because AEW has really bred competition and it's also really been uh, part of the rise and maybe some of the, excuse me, some of the uh, changes in creative in NXT. With that being said, everything that had to do with Survivor Series of this year with NXT implementation into assertively being the third brand was absolutely the highlight for me because I think a lot of what we talked about last year is about a lot of our favorite talent. There to be our friends, post people that we've had on the shows, people of interest, and just flat out badass talent that's been working around the indies all over the world to get the NST and just marinate in Florida for a while. We're like, hey, where's that guy been at? But and, and then it was like, well, when are they ever going to be a, th- a third brand? How are they going to legitimize NXT to be a third brand? Well, Survivor Series was the stamp of approval, 100%, and it was certified. And since that moment, seeing the NST people um, 
getting views by which was once called the main roster uh, audience, which is now just the WWE audience. Uh, seeing them be able to compete at the highest level that we know they can get some of the best people and people like Keith Lee getting super over was just some of the the best stuff. Period. You know, and I I I I I think that was like absolutely the biggest turn uh, for the better better uh, with NXT. Uh, so with that being said, 2020 is next week, fellas. Who are the people we should be having an eye out for right now as to as next year should be their coming out party for, uh, for sure. Are mm. we talking talents or are we talking promotions? Either. What should we be looking out for in 2020? We'll do that. What should we be looking at? Talent, promotions, what is it? What is it that 2020 we should have our eyes out for? And maybe not just our eyes, but our audience eyes. Who should they be looking out for? That's an interesting question. Not sure about promotions because there isn't really anybody new that I'm aware of that's you know coming up. Obviously, support all of your local independents. That that's I can't stress that enough. As far as talent goes, I'm a big fan of Cara Noir, um, British wrestler, and he's an absolutely killing it on the uh, British independent scene. Just a hell of a talent, uh, the the black swan of wrestling in the UK. Just a great, great, great uh, you know, character and, and a hell of a wrestler. So he's probably like one of my favorites right now in on the independent scene. Outside of that, uh, watch all of the Zack Sabre Jr. you can because he's arguably the best wrestler in the world right now. Will Ospreay would probably want to chime in with that conversation. But mm-hmm. if it ain't one of those two, then I don't know, man. I mean, that that just watch. Just if, if it says Zack Sabre Jr. on it, you can really can't go wrong. So, twenty twenty is. I think that's the year that they kind of just go just everywhere. Will mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm, I'm sitting not going to have think, not going to have me I'm, editing so much dead air. Well, okay. because this is this was a good question, and, and we didn't <laughs> think so, this would well, be asked. Well, 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 hum. Yeah. Give me some hum. Give me some harmonizing is, or something. Play me a true. <laughs> it's a really good question, and here's a, it's a tough question because this year we're sitting here in December, and usually by now, it'd have a good, a pretty good picture in mind about where some things are headed. Especially when we're if we're talking, you know, the biggest fish in the pond. If we're talking WWE, usually by now I kind of have an idea of like where okay, there's so at least a couple matches, maybe at least the top two or three matches of an idea of probably where they're headed for WrestleMania. We're heading into WrestleMania season, and I honestly have no idea what they're trying to do. Mm. I don't know. Which makes things really interesting, because in a lot of ways, I think, it's an open playing field. There's a lot of people that I think could be in positions to really have a very interesting 2020, just depending on the directions they want to go. I mean, honestly, one of the biggest things, biggest things I keep hearing and talking about, you know, all these people keep hoping that CM Punk's going to show up in the Royal Rumble, and that's going to be a thing they're going to do, but I ain't believing that till I see it actually damn happen. So if you take him out of the mix, it's like, what, what big fish or, you know, what extra surprise do they have out there? And I really can't think of one. Everyone's kind of locked into contracts right now, so it's like, you're kind of all the playing pieces are kind of known. So what do you do this year that, that can be a really big, exciting thing for them? And by that same token, 
what does AEW do that can be a big, exciting thing? It's like they got kind of who they're dealing with. So it's like, who's going to take the title off Jericho? If it can't be Cody, is it going to be uh, Moxley? Okay, if it's going to be Moxley, then who's he going to feud with? It's, what, what are these companies going to do in this early part of 2020 that's going to you know light the world on fire? That's what I'm really wondering here as we finish the year, because a lot, like we said, we started the show night where we started 2019 at and where we're finishing the year at is totally different right. in so many ways. And when we probably did this show last year, we knew we're like, OK, we got a new company starting. We got WWE going to Fox. There was big things on the horizon. Looking at next year, there's nothing really boom stand out like that right now so it's a i think it's a very open playing field for 2020 and there's a lot of players out there and there's a lot of chess pieces but i honestly don't know where they're gonna go so i think these next the next heck the next month the next two months when we come back from the holidays are gonna be very interesting to see who stands out who starts getting put in a position to do something and where we're going to be headed because right now i i don't really see anyone standing out as like the obvious direction in a mm -hmm. lot of ways i'm and gonna I go the that's basically a 2020 to start with yeah and i'm gonna go a little bit of the opposite about instead of who to look out for or what promotion the thing i'm gonna look out for is going to be budget cuts with <laughs> it's gonna be roster cuts because you know it's inevitable some some C-level player is going to get cut from WWE and the rumors to either ROH or, or All Elite Wrestling or to Impact are going to start. Because it's getting to the point now, especially the women's division at NXT, there's not, a lot of state, there's not enough room for all those talents in both parts of, of WWE. The main roster, once you get past, and I brought this up the other day, the four horsewomen are the of, of, of WWE are the save us please button for the women's wrestling portion of WWE that is not NXT. Now that we have a strong women's division at NXT, you know, highlighted by Rhea Ripley, Shayna Baszler, and you know, you have the Dakota Kai's coming up, the 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 Bianca Belairs and and such coming up in the Candice Race, there's not a lot of space. For the, for the bottom feeders now on the main roster. So I, I'm going to spin it this way, and, and y'all can forgive me or not. Did Dana Brooke save her job by shooting her shot with Dave Batista <laughs> and parlaying that into an extension? Oh, my goodness. Because it was announced she got an ex a contract extension. Did she save her job all through one shoot your shot tweet? Good, good for her. So, yeah. so for me, I can't wait to see who's going to get cut because one, the fans are going to act stupid about it. So that's always entertaining. And number two, the what's next? Because when Shayna inevitably comes up, they're going to rekindle that thing with Becky. Ronda supposedly is coming back. There's not a lot of mic time for everybody. Naomi's been off screen because of the Usos legal trouble. So now she'll come back now that he was, you know, considered not guilty. The, 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 the pink slips are going to be coming and it's going to come after the holidays or after mania when nobody gets their, their purse. So unless 
you're good with the promotions department of WWE and you're good with the, uh, the charitable effects like Titus O'Neil and, and, and the like, you, you're going to lose the job. And, and I'm curious to see in the realm of wrestling where it is now, where it continues to be, who's going to be left without a dance partner? <laughs> yep, that's definitely a very interesting aspect. Um, I don't know. I, I was when I was thinking about who who to kind of look out for. So obviously, with so many just big promotions, AEW Impact, um, uh, WWE and NXT and all that other good stuff. I started thinking about indie talent that people maybe still don't know of, and I can't think of no harder name on an independent still than David Starr, um, who's absolutely killing it in the UK and uh, PWG and WXW. So I- I'm just going to put that name out there because I think he's been a really big advocate of independent wrestling. I wonder if uh, if a check ever gets mailed his way, does he actually take it? Or it- would there be another opportunity uh, specifically for him and uh, you know the people that also kind of follows his uh, We Are Independent movement that suits them as well and um and that, and all and everything else that he represents but outside of you know the uh, outside of that his, his ring work and everything is just absolutely phenomenal and all these guys that he's been working for ever in the UK and even here have all been signed or have some type of working deal with you know with WWE so I'm just wondering you know what's going to happen in 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 revolve to uh involved to him does he actually decide that you know is it time to actually work for somebody and and, and, and and become an employee or does he still his crusade with uh, the We Are Independent movement? So I think David Starr is definitely a name in 2020 that uh, people should look out for now because I, I, I think different or big things is definitely going to come his way. But anyway, since we're getting close up on the time, well, do we got anything else we want to talk about in reflections of 2019 going, in, going into 2020? Well, I, I guess the biggest thing is we we know that like the WWE Network has kind of imploded the pay per view uh, theory, you know, where we would normally willingly shell out sixty bucks a month for pay per views. Now we're complaining that we can't get anything for less than nine ninety nine. Do you see that affecting uh, the pay per view structure going forward? NWA had a pay per view. Uh, Ring of Honor uh, had a pay-per-view AEW uh, had a pay-per-view in November they'll have another one in February do you re- do you see that structure coming back as all of these other promotions are going dare I say old school in that their big money uh, storylines are being blown off at the pay-per-view or do you think that people we will see a an elite club or, um, streaming service or or is that the way it's going to go? Yeah, I think in, in just in the world of combat sports that the new streaming method like the WWE Network and Dazzin does, I think that's still going to be the method of the future. And I feel like the ones who can't um, sustain their own streaming services or actually looked over at you know people like Ring of Honor and so, well, that's not going to work for us. Uh, we'll do what's best for them in the old school method. But uh, I think Ultimately, everyone wants to trend towards the week, the, excuse me, the monthly uh, subscription style. Now, what I do pray is that people don't start to inherit this ESPN plus method 
where you do pay what seven ninety nine a month, and then you still pay a pay per view um uh, uh a pay per view tag on top of that. Um, that has not done good for me as a fan of UFC. I'm hoping that it does not it, it does not that 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 mentality and method does not breed into professional wrestling. So. I'm not familiar with the ESPN Plus. What what's the drawback with that? So it's like any other streaming service. Like let's say if you had WWE Network and you pay your ten dollars a month, but when the pay per view comes, you have to pay for that too. Oh, so that's not included? Yeah. No. no, you don't. Oh no, that's how UFC is doing it. Well, <laughs> and that and that happened to to shed some more light on this when UFC moved from traditional pay per view to ESPN Plus. The deal they worked out was. ESPN straight up guaranteed them a gigantic chunk of money to make the move. And then ESPN is pocketing whatever sales there are. All of it. So for UFC, it was a no-brainer. They're like, you're going to guarantee us however many million to go off pay-per-view, regardless of what our sales are, and you're just going to, you get the money of the sales? Okay, sure. So that's why they went along with it. But that explains the weird business model of you pay your monthly membership, but then, uh, yeah, you still got to pay 65 bucks to watch the pay-per-view on top of that. That is insane. Yeah, it's it's very weird. It's mm-hmm. very weird. But yeah, for free, it, you can watch all the Division Three basketball you want. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, so, so go Sacred Heart. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I mean, in, in the world that we are in now, between your Netflixes and Hulus and now Disney+, Plus, it's just, it's unfortunate, but the price point for these things, these subscription services that are backed by these huge corporations, it's lowered that price point so low that it makes it so hard for any kind of like upstart company or just, you know, smaller companies to compete at that level. Cause they can't afford to, you know, throw on a pay-per-view and only be charging people seven, eight bucks. It's like, it's just not sustainable to, to pay a roster on that kind of money, but these giant corporations can do it. And it's just, that's the standard now. It's just what people expect. And so people hear $50 or $55 to see AEW. A lot of them are just like, I don't think so. Ain't going to happen. So I think eventually there probably will be some sort of AEW streaming service. I don't know if it necessarily happens in the next year, but if they stay in business and they keep going forward, and they have enough content they can put on there to just to where they can say, okay, hey, for your monthly fee, you're getting all this stuff. I think that's the biggest issue they would have right now. What the hell would they have on there if they launched a service tomorrow? It'd be like, okay, we got uh, three pay-per-views and uh, some episodes of Being the Elite <laughs> and AEW Dark. And that'd be the extent of what you'd be getting. So they got to have a catalog first before they can do that. But I think eventually that's where everything's headed. It's, it's that's the business model nowadays. The idea of, you know, singular events with a $50 plus price tag is just it's not <laughs> what it is. Anymore. Your NWAs, I think, have the right idea where it's like, OK, you know, we're going to charge like $15 that yeah. you can do. I think. That's much more palatable. Yeah. But you're crossing that $50 mark. It's got to be <laughs> like a big time, like, you know, a boxing fight or something. It's got to be a big event, I think, to really get people to move on that kind of price anymore. Yep, yep. Uh, well, any other closing remarks, you guys? We wrap this up for the year. Any last hurrahs for 2019? I um, hope okay. the Hardy boys retire. You, what? I hope the Hardys finally retire. 
Not from what I just read. I know, I know. <laughs> Go ahead, Jamal. Sorry. Um, yeah. So like there, there are three things going forward as these stories are like fresh stories that we'll carry over to the new year. Uh number one, uh Jeff Hardy, get all, take as much time as you need, get as much help as you need, because obviously you need it. So get better, Jeff Hardy. Same thing with Edge. Don't. Just don't. Um, also, another thing is, if you're, if you're going to bring up on Twitter the uh, Jim Cornette situation and defend him, don't do it as an employee of the company. Don't do it. Hold on. <laughs> what? So if you're Dave Marquez, who is the ring announcer and a studio announcer for uh, NWA, and you tweet a day and a half ago, um, and I can read it if you want, um, Eddie Murphy can say, quote, Coon Boy on network TV, but Jim Cornette can make a starvation joke on the internet. Mm-hmm. Good on mm-hmm. you, America, is what Dave Marquez wrote at 2.35 in the morning Eastern this morning. See, here's the thing. Dave, mm-hmm. you work for NWA. Whether you agree with the situation or not, the conversation's dead. Don't bring it up. That's Mm-mm. not the move, Chief. <laughs> and and, and low-key, Dave Marquez is one of my is my favorite part of NWA um, because of his you know interview presence. And as a ring announcer, I think that's really, really just well done the way it's tightly uh, produced. But that's not the move, Chief. Don't do that. Um, Kofi Kingston wants to retire in the next five years. Um, I really hope that if he does do it at the end of his contract, as they just all signed five-year deals, um, I really hope that they put some respect on his name first before he goes out, you know, saying that he's been there for 10 or 11 years before he gets this shadow shot, gives him the title shot, and then, you know, the ending is what it is. He deserves better than that. So I'd like to see Kofi get one more legit chance. Jericho uh, (laughs) and Tanahashi needs to happen in AEW. I don't care what has to happen. Uh, do it. Also, if you have WWE 2K20, it's 50% off right now. That's still too much. Worth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you're looking for the last holiday present and you're thinking about paying 30 bucks for 2K20 on any of your streaming platforms, PlayStation Store, and so on, that's it's not worth a nickel. It's buggy as all hell. And they fixed a lot of bugs. But they haven't fixed all of them, and it's still infested with bugs. So get a bigger can of raid. Nah, they they need that stuff that the janitor got. But Quar- they just need to quarantine the entire game. Period. Matter of fact, two K should just stop making games at this point. NBA two K has been exactly the same. WWE two K has just been completely taking steps back. Just yeah. drop it. Just drop it. Yeah, I mean the whole the whole thing is a big mess. But and 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 I think the last thing, especially is since this is. Um, the holiday time, whichever holiday you're celebrating, they're honestly all kind of the same. And the general message is, don't be a dick. And I think that's kind of like the big thing. You know, social media, and, and you know, as a part of the internet, as good as it is, as is as good as it is bad. Social media is, is super informative, and it does connect everyone around the world in, in real time. But it also gives a chance for people to be the worst of humanity. Uh, the Young Bucks recently deleted their Twitter account, and their father came out and said, yeah, they're tired of the sick of the shit, and they're, they're done with it. Um, and, and paraphrasing, of course. But the bottom line is, just don't be a dick. 
you can disagree. You can like something. You're entitled to your opinion. Just don't be a dick about it. Mm-hmm. So I think that we can all do better as fans. Wrestlers can do uh, better as talent. Barry and Eric Cannon, because of um, you know the punches that he worked on the episode of Dynamite, um, like I think we can all take a step back. And if that means leaving social media, then so be it. Honestly, just promote shows. Dave Marquez. <laughs> just do that. Don't, don't dig up that damn skeleton again and <laughs> beat that dead Jesus horse. It's wrapped and changed and buried at the bottom of the East River. Don't go after it. It's not also, also, let's leave Vanity Searcher in 2019 as oh, well. Oh, please. Thank God. No. <laughs> oh, I can't. Please. Vanity Searches was, uh, with everybody's burner account on 4chan. Just, just, we know who you are. That's really what it comes down to, and I think the world will be better for it. Uh, We've seen what happened with uh, with AEW, and that they couldn't live up to the fans' self fulfilling prophecy. Uh, You know, it's part it's part on it's as much on us as it is on them. Don't be a dick, and hopefully we can do that in 2020. Not bloody likely though. And that goes for promoters and talent too. Like y'all need to business is business. But like the the back and forth that go on behind the scenes and the snipping at each other on social media, stop that. That is not good business practice. You want to get book, keep it off air. Do funny, it pre- funny thing is that be the same people that be mad at Meltzer for always having his nose behind the curtains, but they put all their business on social media. So it's yeah. like, what do you want somebody to do at a certain point? But you're you're entirely right. That was gonna be my comment. People do better business in 2019. Keep your business off of social media. Social media is for networking and promoting, not for uh, financials and all this other random stuff. And mm-hmm. yeah, to keep keep that stuff up there. Your personal life, we don't, we don't want to. We don't, uh-uh. Nope. Well, it's nope. also yeah. used for shooting your shot too. So let's not, you know, there's there's something <laughs> that, you said about shooting your shot indeed. in 2019. <laughs> that indeed. Use it in the right way. Follow Dana's lead. Use it in the proper <laughs> manner to where it's going to benefit you in the bedroom and in your business life. <laughs> yeah. That sounds like an advertisement for Blue Chew right there, Will. <laughs> I know. Geez, where, where's our darn sponsorship, man? We need to get that going in 2020. Speaking Not of sponsors. Speaking of sponsorships, guys, make sure you uh, again thank you so much for the support this year, um, and, and always definitely you know help us keep the lights going because uh, it's important and we enjoy doing this. But you know we all have other financial obligations, and as much as we dip into this too, you know helping us out a little bit by subscribing to the Patreon um, definitely keeps the lights going as uh, it truly, truly does dividends for us. Uh, so yeah, as far as sponsorships will definitely be uh you know we're, we're definitely open for um you know any type of contributions anybody can make and you can buy merch too like yeah i know we don't overly promote our merch but it's on the website it gets you some bgb gear on there as well too it's um and that 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 absolutely helps but you know uh i think lastly what i want to say um for the end of for the show for the end of the year is you again just like i started off the show everybody who's been Supporting us for all over the years. Thank you so, so very, very much. Um, it's, it's, it's still fun and we're still going. We're still motivated and uh, we're going to continue to do this as long as we are. Uh, we can't promise you that in 2020 that more stuff is coming your way, more exclusive content. We're going to be back to our, uh, our YouTube uh, live streaming interviews. We'll be having live in-person interviews and other other 
uh, cool and exclusive things. So, you know, the only way you're going to find out is by staying subscribed to our YouTube channel and checking out uh, frequently BigGoBeltGroup.com for all your latest information, news, and um, local shows and promotions that you can see us at and that uh, we uh, frequently partner with. So, um, other than that, everyone have a truly blessed holidays. Wish you guys much love. Uh, hopefully Santa gets you everything that you wanted. And until then, we'll catch you guys on the flip side 2020. Thank you for listening in. Peace out. <laughs>